Thanks, Jasmine. Hey, good evening, everybody. Good to see you guys. Um, hey, it looks like we have some great food for even after the gathering. If you're watching on Sunday, uh, I'm sure you have food at home. So, um, you know, <laughs> uh, but hey, I do want to say thank you again, everybody, for uh, what a phenomenal uh, 24th anniversary. This is one of the things I realized, which I knew before, but we have some awesome cooks in the house. Uh, there were some awesome desserts. There were some awesome uh, main dishes and sides dishes uh, I love the pulled pork sandwiches and there was this delicious looking ribs but I didn't get any that's all right but if you guys got it I, I you know more power to you but um, we had all that kind of stuff but also um, you guys like surprises how many of you guys like surprises Oh, not very many. That's how I felt last week. But uh, because at 10 o'clock, I thought we were totally, I knew what everything was happening. It's the third service. And so I, we already had two. And uh, and it was, worship was done. And, and so uh, announcements is going to happen. They're moving. And then I see Jasmine kind of wave uh, the guys away. Say, hey, wait, we're not quite done. And then I go, what is she doing? That's what I was thinking. But then that's a common thing I end up saying myself. But, uh, but then after they started to play this song, which is the, the first special that we ever did when we started our first service 24 years ago called Testify to Love. And JC was there, kind of the dancing, sign dancing to the thing. And it's like, as, as they're playing, it's like, I'm just weeping. I'm weeping. It's like, kind of like the Hanabana coming out a little bit. It's like I'm thinking, man, I'm grateful, but you get, like, I'm so surprised. It's not like I can be prepared, and I got to get up, and I got to speak after that. But, but some of you guys know that it's just that sometimes it's, it reminds me of, of how it was when we started. It reminds me of the heart we had when we started. It reminds me of the fact that I just, if, you know, like, how many of you guys, you like to be right? Anybody here like to be right? Yeah, I like to be right too. I, I like to be right. I, and, and sometimes my wife says, that's the, I have the spiritual gift of being right all the time. No, but uh, she doesn't say it. It feels like that, that. But the thing is that, you know what? We sang this song. They sang this song. Uh, Chad, the team, they did a phenomenal job uh, called Testify to Love. And it was just to say that, you know, if, if at the core of my life, that I, I would like to be known as somebody, of course, who n at least didn't know what they're talking about, right? That we are, can, can talk about the Word of God and we can talk about uh, the journey of life together. But more than that, if I could be known as somebody who loved, if I could be somebody known as somebody, and because not, because that's, not, that's not what I pushed on social media, but that's what I lived. And that's what that song talks about because I would be re a reflection of what I've received. And, I, and my, my, my hope for each of us is that we would each be a reflection of what we receive from God. That we would receive it, but it would also change us. It would transform us. And, and so that's what we did last week. And I, can we just say thanks to everybody who had a part in that. Thank you so much. You guys, phenomenal. And, um, you know, tomorrow we'll do this in Kapolei. And the first time in three and a half years that we will do this in Kapolei. Um, and... Sometimes when you do something that you haven't done in a little while, how many of you guys know that you, for, you re don't realize sometimes the little things that you forgot, right? That, that the little things that, oh yeah, shoot, we used to do this. And, and uh, sometimes the things that you get used to having right here, if we don't have it, then we just go around the corner. We just go in, in the back. We just go up in an office and we can get that, but we'll be separated by seven miles. So the thing is that we have to kind of think ahead and all that. And so uh, we understand that if 
you've ever been to a renovation project, sometimes before it looks better, it's a little bit kind of messy in the process. And so uh, even if you're here in person uh, uh, Saturday night or you're watching online um, at home on Sunday, uh, but you'll come and join us, would you know that we're not expecting that that the first service is to be like all perfect and, and everything. That might, that's not my goal. Um, my goal is that we would do the best that we can with what we have. And, and that what, when I think about it, as I think about how it was when we uh, first moved into our house in Kapolei, we were living in Waikele, in an apartment, rented. Uh, rent back then, it was a nice two-bedroom apartment. Rent was nine fifty. I was getting paid $1,000 a month at New Hope Oahu. I managed really well. No, 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 no. But uh, because I had an outside job, right? And so I was doing outside sales. But that's what they paid me. And it's like, just like, man, it doesn't even cover that and electricity and all that. But we had a great place. And, and then we came that, that, that season where we were ready to buy. We moved into, uh, into Kapolei before we ever started the church. Um, and that was helpful, that the, the help of family and the fact that I had a good paying job uh, at that time. And so... When we moved into the house, we went from a four, from a two-bedroom townhouse uh, to a four-bedroom house. And so, how many of you guys know that it looked really sparse when you 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 move in, right? And it's like we had a nice dining table in Waikele. You know why? Because that was the landlord's. So they had a nice dining table and chairs. And when we moved into our house. Literally, we took the boxes and put particle board over it, and we put a cloth over it, and that was our dinner table as we sat, you know, kind of local style at the table, like the low table, and we ate. And, you know, even though it might not have looked um, as, as it could look later, as it did look later, that we were super excited. It, not because everything was perfect, but because... It, we rejoice to see the new season. We rejoice to receive the blessings of God. And in the same way, um, today, I, I hope that we're ready to receive blessings from God. We're ready to start new seasons. And if it seems small, this is what the Lord says in Zephaniah 4.10. He says, do not despise small beginnings. How many of you guys ever made a beginning, make a change, and you go like, it's not fast enough, right? It's not, it's not big enough. Uh, I was praying, uh, I was asking my daughter, um, hey, what, because she's in a prayer circle, and I just said, what is it you want to do? And she said, a 200% increase in pay. I said, we can pray for that. <laughs> Might not all happen one time, right? But, uh, and I said, but here's the thing, but sometimes we look, oh my gosh, she was joking, uh, really, that when she said that, I think. But here's the thing, is that sometimes it doesn't happen as fast as you want, it's not as big as you want, but, but let's just say, hey, let's rejoice to see the work begin. You know, it takes, you know why you rejoice to see the work begin? Because by faith, you understand that when it takes one step, that then the increase is the sky's the limit. Because it's whatever God wants to do. And so there, it takes eyes of faith when you see that. Now, uh, sometimes we have um, people who are, are in the midst of doing something and there's, a lot of stuff going on and that we, you know, we're, we're going to have a lot of different teams tomorrow that have been making a, adjustments that they've been planning and preparing and uh, especially technical guys, sound guys, video guys, uh, other kind of technical uh, uh, 
background stuff, worship team people, um, thinking about like, we never had to move drums back and forth for three and a half years. We never had to bring keyboards and do all that kind of stuff like um, we're gonna have to do again now. We're gonna have to start moving and loading trucks and getting trucks prepped and all that. But um, you know, it, the reason why do we do it, because it will take more work, but I, I really believe it's because if you wanna reach people, you gotta go where they are, right? And, and there's just way more people in that area. And so I, I think it takes a vision to move there, but, but we also, it takes effort to do that. And so sometimes we don't make the changes, I think, um, that God calls us to do because we get comfortable. You guys ever get comfortable? Right? It's just, it's just easy. It's just easy like this. It's just you get comfortable. We get set in our ways. And for some of us, the thing, you know, that uh, even if you, you, you the, the future could be much greater, but because you're not sure about it and you, you get used to this thing, sometimes we don't even change. So sometimes comfort, comfort can be good, but complacency is a killer, right? And so... Um, you've probably all seen people who've gotten stuck. Maybe you felt stuck in the past. People who felt trapped. People who feel uh, unable to move forward. And, and, you know, it's not a function of age. It, it's, sometimes it's just kind of what you've been through. I've talked to 18 and 20-year-olds who have felt like it's too late for them. Right now, it might sound funny to some of us here today. Like, because if you're an 18 or 20-year-old, says, man, I... I, I've just blown it through life already and it's too late for me. What would you tell that person? You're just getting started, my friend. 18, 20, I mean, it's like, don't worry about it, right? You have a lot of time to make, um, to make the change, but does it feel like that for them? No, it doesn't, right? Because they're already wrestling with some of the consequences of their choices, and, and I understand that, because we're all free to choose, but none of us are free to have no consequences for our choices, right? And so sometimes those consequences come, and you get stuck, and it doesn't matter if you're 18 or 38 or 58, or 88 but aren't you glad that God he he says yes you, you're not you don't escape the consequences but would you know that I can still bring change that I can still bring that I can still bring goodness I can still bring uh, a healing I can still bring uh, a blessing I remember that when I first came to Christ I was 21 years old uh, going into my senior year actually um uh, in August is when I, became, August 6th was the day I, I gave my heart to Jesus, August 6th. Uh, and I remember that at Kai Kendall Hall uh, on the fourth floor uh, at the University of Hawaii and sitting in this room because my coworker um, that I worked with at the College of Business, I used to work in the student services at the College of Business, kept inviting me to come to this Christian meeting. And she would always ask me, and I, might, I would roll my eyes, and I would make up some like stupid excuse, oh, I cannot, I gotta meet my friends, or I cannot, you know, whatever the reason. And I just got tired. She would keep asking, and this is the girl, sometimes you hear me talk about the fact that like I would get into arguments, because she would bring stuff up, like about, you know, about God, and I, I said, wow, really, God, then what about this? And I said, what about the dinosaur bones? Or what about this and all this kind of stuff? And I made her cry, but she kept inviting me to come and join her. And some of you, that you guys have people like that in your life that 
they, you invited them, you try to share Jesus with them and they kind of come back and bite you a little bit, right? They bite your head off a little bit, they give you attitude a little bit, right? That Arlene Sharoma is her name, right? And um, she, she's come to church and whenever she's come, I've always invited, this is the person, this is the person that is the reason why I'm a believer. And you know what she would say? Stop saying that. She would say, stop saying that, it's embarrassing. I said, you know why I say it? Because it's true. Because you kept reaching out to me, you kept loving me when I was treating you bad and that you didn't care if I, I would make mock you or whatever, that's why I tell everybody. Because it was a real person, right, who really kind of took some licks and, and kept inviting me. And so why did I go? Because I just, this was my strategy. I went to Kai Kendall Hall on the fourth floor because my strategy was this. I will go once and then I can tell her I tried it and it's not for me, right? So thanks, but no thanks. I went already, right? You know what the problem was when I went? I gave my heart to Jesus that night. That was the only problem, right? So otherwise my strategy would have worked perfect, but, but it didn't. It, I, I, God moved. It was all I can say, it was the move of God. It was the furthest thing I would never have imagined. I literally remember they were standing and singing songs, which I'd never really heard songs like this before. And this is what I was thinking when I was sitting there. I gotta get out of this place. <laughs> this is weird. That's, that's, that's all I started thinking, you know? And to be honest, that's probably a sign of the enemy, the enemy's activity in my life at that time, right? And, and so when we sat and this guy who was sharing the gospel from a simple presentation, uh, they, they broke up, the, the guys who were new, never had any exposure, they explained the gospel. And I had so many objections and I just said, well, what about this and what about that? And I cannot believe like you. And he just said this, well, you don't have to believe like me. That the Bible says that to each is given the measure of faith. You gotta just believe like you. And I was like, oh, well, geez, there's a guy's salesman over here. No, but, but the thing is at the end, at the end, I just, when he said, would you like to pray to receive Jesus? And I had said, no, 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 not, I'm not ready, not ready, not ready. But as he shared the word of God, this is all I could think. God, if this is real, if you are real, I will do what it takes. And I prayed a prayer that was along the lines of what we might say, you know, uh, Lord Jesus, I need you. Thank you for dying on the cross in my place. But really, I said those words, but really the, the thought of my heart was just to say, God, if you're really there, if you're really there, you really do love me, you really do uh, understand me, then I'll do what it takes. And I remember opening my eyes and thinking that he had touched me. He'd done something to me when my eyes were open because I felt different. It's like I felt lighter, literally. And I actually asked him, I said, hey, did you do something when we were praying? <laughs> he goes, no. Well, I, I'm like, what? I, mean, I don't know, it's like, because I feel different. And, and it was from that moment that, that I, I pursued the Lord and that my life changed. And, and you know, in, in the middle of all those things, it, God began to reveal himself. And it happened in a heavy season in my life because a lot of you guys know that my brother was uh, wrestling with cancer and it was, um, he'd been really kind of, the prognosis was three months initially uh, because it was very rare form of cancer, had been all spread all over his body and, 
but he lived about two and a half years. And so we were about the two year mark at that point, a little bit, a uh, little bit more, I mean, a little less than two years. And so he was just, he was actually doing his best at that point, but during the fall, uh, it just started getting worse and worse and worse. And, and it became evident that this was kind of like the move toward the end. And we'd be praying for him. And, and so I left school. And it was in those moments that as a new believer, um, my parents were saying, no, 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 don't leave school. What are you doing? Just keep, just go finish because you're, you're almost done, right? And, and I said, no, 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 no. I, it's like, I don't feel like I have to. You don't, they said, you don't have to do this. They said, you guys don't understand. It's not that I have to, it's I want to, right? And I want to. And so uh, I spent every night um, watching my brother. And um, it was like when he was in the hospital, I would be over there every night. And you know what I would be doing every night is I would bring my Bible. And I would read and I would pray. And it was like, and that was the place that I kind of cut my teeth as a believer where I was learning that to seek God. In a, and it was a dark and heavy time and he passed away later. Um, but you know what? God revealed himself in greater and greater ways. And, and so it, it, it was just the joy of Jesus in comfort of Jesus in the middle of the darkest time. But in some ways I look back, it was also like one of the best of times. You guys know what I mean? And, and so everything I did, and when we, got, we went back to school um, the next fall, I told my friend that we were roommates with a bunch of us from, from high school that we're still you know, our best friends and said, hey, let's get an apartment together. And so we went, uh, we were in an apartment and, and I had become a believer. <coughs> I'm sorry, um, we're one of those guys that uh, was there that uh, I had led to Christ, one of my friends, one of my classmates um, as a new believer that um, it's the kind like you ask to your friend, like you, you share your story, you share your testimony, you say, hey, would you like to accept Jesus? And then he says yes, and you go like, oh, shucks, I never expected you were going to say yes. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to say, right? Like I, I literally said, that. what do they do in church? Said, okay, everybody just bow our heads. That's all I said. <laughs> and I just tried the best to repeat what the guy, the pastor was saying. But um, we wanted to get involved in a, a college ministry at UH. And when we did, um, I remember going, and then later on they said, hey, if you guys are open, can you, you guys wanna just welcome people? Like when they come, and I was thinking, like I was not like a welcoming person before. Like I had a very unsmiley face, countenance back then. Um, I used to get asked by my, uh, my girlfriend at the time, he's like, is your, your boyfriend doesn't like me? He go, why, why do you say that? Cause he looked kind of mean <laughs> like this. And that was just kind of like my demeanor. I didn't think I was mean, but I just, I, that was just kind of like my thing. So when they asked me to, to welcome people, I'm thinking, I don't know, you sure you want me to do that, right? But the thing is that I started to change. I started to smile more. I had a greater sense of joy. And, and so this is how I, what I thought, Eddie, hey, letting me greet. And then later on, then I was in a Bible study and this guy was training me, says, hey, would you like to lead a Bible study? And this is what I thought. Wow, they le letting me lead a Bible study, right? And then later on I went in staff and, and they let me speak, right? And then I, I, I thought all those things. But you know what can happen over time is that it can get to like, 
I got to lead one Bible study today. You guys ever been in that kind of a place? I got to, I got to go greet. Or, you know what I mean? It's, it's so different. What's the difference? And when you lose the wonder, when you lose the joy, sometimes life has a way of taking it out of you. Sometimes ministry has a way of taking it out of you. But, but sometimes at that moment, you know what you got to do? You got to reset. You got to start again. You got to start again. And sometimes the way we need to start again is we need to start again with Jesus. And I, and I wanted us to take a look at a passage this, uh, this weekend in John chapter three. And it's a pretty familiar passage to some. It's a, about a religious leader who, who has been hearing about Jesus, has been seeing what he's done, and knows that God is with him. It's just that when he speaks, he's, he's, been, he's an older guy. He's a, a, a leader, one of 70, one of 70 um, religious leaders, one of the Pharisees, only 70 in the nation, uh, these guys who had studied the scriptures, they believed in the power of God, but they didn't necessarily see the power of God. And so they believed because the word of God said it, but they never saw it because they didn't know how to operate in it. And so when they saw Jesus, when he saw Jesus, something, how does this guy do this? What, what's happening? I see God and I hear God through this guy who's like half his age maybe. And so it says in verse one of John chapter three, we're gonna read this portion together. Would you be kind enough? Can we just stand in reverence for God and reverence for his word? And can we read this together? This is what it says. Let's read. Ready? Begin. There was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. And after one dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And so Nicodemus, who knew everything in the scriptures, and he would have known the scriptures better than me or better than you. And he, he understood. He came at night. You know, one of the things that that means is that generally rabbis, they do all their teaching during the day. And so you come during the day. He comes at night. You know why? Because he doesn't want to be seen. He's a little embarrassed. I, know, I should know better. I, I, I don't want to be like, kind of like seen asking Jesus questions. But you know the thing is, sometimes you just got to start over with Jesus. So do me a favor, would you turn, over, turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes we just got to start over with Jesus. And then you can have a seat. And so what does he say? You know what, you got to be born again. And Nicodemus is stumped. Like, what are you talking about? I was seven and a half pounds when I was born. And my mom said that was the worst pain in her life. I'm pushing 175 now. And if I go up to my mom, she's going to get away from me because you ain't getting back inside, right? So, like, what are you talking about? He doesn't understand. And so Jesus clarifies, no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. He said, I'm not talking about a physical birth. I'm talking about a spiritual rebirth. 
And so Jesus goes on and he says in verse five, he says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the spirit. Speaking of the fact that, that they did many baptisms in, in, in Jewish culture, one of the things that we don't, you might not understand is that there were many types of spiritual washings. And so when John the Baptist came on the scene and he told people, repent for the, uh, for the forgiveness of your sins, people understood that there were these, uh, these pools that they called them mikvahs. That, and you find them all over Israel today. You, you find it in, in, in all these excavations where uh, people would go and they would have this kind of a Kind of ceremonial bathing and cleansing, and so that that and it was a sign of repentance. So he says that you you got to be born not simply of water, not simply that, not just simply to repent, but God, the Spirit has to do something, right? That there is a precursor. Sometimes yes, we have to turn from where we've been, but we need the activity of God because humans can only reproduce human life. Have you guys noticed that? How many of you guys that when you had a child that you guys had a puppy come out? Right? Nobody can, right? No, like, aren't you glad, right? Like some of you guys like puppies, but that's all right. But um, you can always buy one, but you can get a free one. If you want a cat, just get free ones all over the place. You just come outside, or get plenty of free ones outside. All our cats, we've had many cats, all free, because they just show up at the door. Kids, not so free, right? Because it costs a lot more. But, but here's the thing, it says that humans can only reproduce human life. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to what? Spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you can hear the wind, but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going. So you can't explain how the people of, uh, how people are born of the Spirit. And you know, when we're in this place and we're starting in a, in a new location. There, there's some that are excited, and I'm sure there's some that's not that excited um, that, uh, of, of the move. You know, like last week was the, the close of our eight o'clock gathering, um, and you know, there, there was a bunch of them there, and we just thanked them for being so faithful at the eight o'clock gathering, and um, not only are we asking them to shift the time, we're asking them to, to shift uh, some some distance. It's not very far, right? It's like eight minutes. Um, but there's people who are coming from town at times. And, and the initial, when I had mentioned that there's somebody says, I, I, don't, I don't know if we're, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to go. But, you know, the thing is, we, we talked about embracing change and, and this aspect. And, and the Lord spoke to her, right? She said, you know what? It, I just, she just remembered that if God is leading, I just want to go there. Wherever he's leading, I just, I just want to go there. No problem. I, it's eight minutes, right? It's eight minutes more. So she asked me for gas money. No, I was kidding, she didn't. But, uh, but here's the thing is that when we're in this kind of a place that we need to at times understand that we need to reset with Jesus. Because sometimes we get so... We get so comfortable about where we've been or what we do. How many of you guys notice that, that right now where you sit, this is where you always sit every week, right? And how many of you guys ever, ever come on a, on a weekend and you look and somebody else is sitting, somebody else has the audacity to be sitting in your chair, 
right? And you're looking at them and you don't want to say that, but you just kind of look at them and then they look at you and smile and then you're thinking, are you sitting in my chair? And then they, they smile and back in you, right? I've heard that, right? People say, thank you that nobody actually says you're sitting in my chair because they realize there's way more seats, right? But the thing is that that's the feeling, right? Because we get used to that, right? Or, or you guys ever have somebody park in front of your house and that's where you normally park, but it's on the street? It's not assigned parking? And then what do you think? Oh, brother, are you parking in my spot, right? You can just go like 10 feet and it's still the same, right? But we, we all get that way. And so sometimes Jesus says, you know what, just let's restart with me. And how do you restart with him? I, I, I think there's three things that maybe that I, I can see that might be helpful. I, I think the first is put on the attitude of a learner. Put on the attitude of a learner. You know, uh, I think all of us ought to be lifelong learners, right? That, that it's, and, and sometimes it's not just that you keep learning um, new things, but sometimes when you return to something that you haven't done in a little bit, that it, it's like um, when, I, I, I did take judo for a while uh, when I was in the mainland. I, I, I was training for a little bit, and when I came here and I got married and we had kids, and when my son was a little bit, uh, when he was still young, I took him to judo. And um, I didn't say, but I had a, a colored belt, but I just, you know which belt I wore? When I went, I used a white belt. You know why? Because I hadn't done it for a while. And I just know I, I would be embarrassed, to be honest. I just wanted to kind of like come on as a learner, right? And so I just went as a learner. And I just put on the white belt. What does the white belt symbolize? Like, I'm just a beginner, right? And, and I think just this aspect of putting on your white belt. You guys have a white belt in your mind. Like sometimes it's just... You know, I know that I know some things. I'm not saying that I, I don't know anything, but that can we just put on the hat of a learner again? Because there's something the opposite of a learner. What is that? A know-it-all, that's right. You guys have any know-it-alls in your life, right? Isn't that pleasant to have a know-it-all in your life? No, but uh, well, you know what's another person? It's not just a know-it-all, it's also the critic, right? When it sees, ah, you know what, they should be doing it. They did this, but they're like, ah, they should be doing that, right? Or it's like, ah, oh, the, the mic is too close for this. Or, you know, they, they can critique. But to be honest, put on, the, put on the, the belt of a learner. Put on the hat of a learner. And you know what you'll find? Is that you'll find that you get refreshed in Christ again. You find that you get refreshed in your spiritual walk again. In Proverbs 9, 8, 9 says this, so don't bother correcting mockers. You know the critics? Because they only hate you. And correct, but correct the wise, and what will happen? They'll love you. Why? Because they're learners. Instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. And for us, we're not looking for perfection, but we are looking for progress, right? We, we want to be able to do the best that we can with what we have. So for us to, to see that, hey, there's going to be some things maybe tomorrow that, that 
won't be working exactly how we thought it would. Well, I, I have no problem with that as long as we make some progress over time, right? We'll, we'll, we'll do the best that we can with what we have because we don't want to create a giant production. That is something that we're trying to do a little bit different. We're not trying to create a giant production uh, that we have been in different seasons but we want it to be the best environment for us to come to worship together, to seek the Lord together, to be able to um, you know, pray with one another, to be able to stand together. That We do want that. We do want it to be a place that, that you could invite someone and not be embarrassed, right? But, but some of those things is that you know, we're trying to do that without too much work. Right, so we're not to not to exhaust people, and so for us, this is the three most important things on a weekend uh, when we come to a gatherings. Is we want people to be able to worship, right? We want people to be able to hear the word of God, and uh, part of what that worship is, I, I put in their prayer too, because we want people to pray, prayer and worship, that kind of a thing. But generally, as well, especially on Sundays, uh, is that we want there to be a space for kids, right? So that if you, you have kids, you bring your kids, there's a place for them. And th- there's, there's resources for them. We, that's the three main things. And so, you know, if we do those things, then, then I think that's, you know, that, that's enough for, for now. And you know what? Over time, it'll get better. Over time, it'll improve. Over time, there'll be some different things as the team grows. But we don't want to overburden the team. We, it, we don't want to try to create this thing that we got to maintain without necessarily with manpower. But, but here's what I think that we need to do is that just we can make little improvements as we go along, right? Now, can I ask you, is there anything in your life that you used to do, but you just stopped doing, and maybe it's time to start again? Right? Some of us during the pandemic that you stop getting together with friends and family. I sure hope at this point you started again. I sure hope so. Right. Um, for some of us we we started exercising and we stopped exercising. Right? For some of us we 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 traveled and then we stopped traveling. And I we know that over the last few years, the last couple of years, people started to travel again, do all these things again. Um, but it did some things that you have started, uh, the stopped that you need to start again. Because I think one of those things definitely is sometimes we've got to start over with Jesus. And, and this, it's, one is putting on the heart of a learner and the other one is being, I think this, the second thing is just can, can we start spending time with God personally? Spending time with God personally. This, this time is, is I, we hope that the time that you have on the weekend corporately, when we worship together, we pray together, we fellowship together, we hope this is meaningful, right? We, we hope this changes and equips you and, and gives you an opportunity, but we hope this, that your personal experience with God goes beyond this gathering. We, we hope that you have a personal time, whether you call it a devotional time or you, you call it a quiet time or a, 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 a secret place, whatever it is that you call it, but whatever you want to do. But we pray that 
that you would be spending time with God personally. It doesn't matter. I, we don't care how long. It could be five minutes. For some of you guys, you guys do like, you know, 15 minutes. Some of you guys do an hour. It doesn't matter how long. But it's, it's that you spend time personally with God. If you, if you don't know what that is or some of you, you used to do it, maybe it's time to start again. Maybe it's time to start again. And what do you do in that? I think you need the Word of God right? We need the Word of God. Let's say we need the Word of God, right? Why do we need the Word of God? Well, one, the Scripture says it like this. He says it like this in Romans 12, 1 to 2. Can we read that? He says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So what does it mean? It means that present your whole life to God. Some of us, we think it's a mental ascent. No, it's not a mental ascent. It, some of us, we think it's like, uh, well, it's like, what is, what are we offering? It's like, it's, it's offering, okay, I, I, I put in $20 or whatever it is. That, that No, 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 that's not what it's saying. Um, it's saying this, present what? Your body. God, I, I worship you with my body. That what I do with my life, what I do with this body, I present to you. And he says, this is your true and proper worship. So it, it should involve worship. It should involve the word. It should involve prayer. But, but it goes on and it says this. But what does the word do? What the word does, it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Can we say the word transformed? How? By the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Reading the Word of God helps to renew your mind. And that without the Word of God in our minds, that the Spirit has nothing to kind of activate. Jesus said this. He says, the Spirit will bring to your remembrance everything I have said to you. But if you never read his word, there is nothing for him to bring to mind. And so we read the word of God because we see, sometimes this is what we see. Wow, God, if you did it for Nicodemus, could you do that for me? God, if you did this for Abraham, could you do that for me? I hope you say that. that. That's one of the reasons why sometimes people have told me that when I pray, I, I pray with faith. Why is that? Because I, I see it in the scripture. God, if you did it for Peter, would you do it for me? Or if I seen you, Lord, if you did it for this man who was lame, would you do it for this person I'm praying for now? Because you're the same God, right? So we need the word of God. It renews our minds. It tells us what God, how God operates. It shows us how, what God thinks. It tells us what is possible. And it also at times gives us guidelines, right? It gives us guardrails so that we don't fall off the road. We don't fall off the path. Every once in a while, that can happen. Anybody ever fall off the path? Yeah. I have, right? But you know what helped me to get back on? The Word of God helped me get back on, right? And, and so uh, it's, it's in this aspect. We need the Word of God, but you need to be 
not just reading the Bible, like in ticking a box kind of a way. I, I know some of us, we have reading plans. If you're kind of a systematic person, praise God for you. And, uh, you know, I tend to have a reading plan. I, I, it'll basically tick boxes that I've read. But you know what? What I really want to make sure that I do is I meet with God in that time. And I'm trying to meet with God through the word, and I try to meet the God through prayer, right? I try to meet with God through worship. There's three things that when you try to spend personal time with God, I, I wanna encourage you to do that. Worship, the word, and prayer. WWP, not WWE, that's a different kind of thing, right? <laughs> so uh, maybe that's like spiritual battle. You wrestle with principalities and power. But this is the thing, you WWP. And, and so sometimes for me, I listen to a worship song. Sometimes it's, I, I will just sing something, sometimes relatively quietly in my own house. I'll, I'll sing verses, I'll sing phrases, I'll sing songs that we sing at church. Uh, I'll play a YouTube thing or whatever it is, and I'll worship or, you know, generally YouTube because it has lyrics in case I cannot remember, right? Some of those songs, and I will sing them, and I'll sing them to God because it helps me to be reminded who God is, that he's God, I'm not God, right? And worship is the language of heaven. So I wanna be able, you guys wanna be able to be, feel comfortable when you go to heaven? Learn to worship, because we're gonna do a lot of it. <laughs> when, you, when we are free from this world and we're free from all the limitations and, and all the pressure from this world, you're gonna be more free to worship, more free than you've ever been. You can learn now. We, we, we hope that you find more freedom to worship now, right? And, and sometimes we say, hey, like in the songs it says, let's raise our hands, right? And you know why we raise our hands, right? That's the old joke, better reception. <laughs> right, we get better reception. Uh, but I, I think th there is this though, it's surrender. It's surrender, some of it's honor, some of it's to bring glory. But here's the other part, read the word. You'll see, you'll hear God, you'll hear his word. He'll start bringing his word back to life. And simply, when you do that, sometimes it'll, it'll encourage you at times. It will challenge you at times. It will instruct you often. You'll learn things about yourself. You'll learn things about God. You'll learn things about the world. You'll learn things about sometimes the unseen realm. You'll learn things about God's plan. You'll learn things about things that God likes. And sometimes you'll read about things that God doesn't like. But many of us, I, I, I'm under no illusion that you might have at one time been a monster. You do, you spend that personal time with God. You'll, you'll be in that place, you'll do all of that. But, but then sometimes what happens? You go on a trip, you, you, your schedule got busy and you kind of stopped doing it. And, and so I'm under no illusion to think that people, because you, everyone, not everyone, that if you know how to do it, that you are doing it because we know it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, sometimes there's an old saying that this book will keep you from sin and sin will keep you from this book. And because I don't wanna read something when I'm kinda like, uh, I'm not quite right with God, but, but would you just let the God draw you back? But what you'll find is it'll strengthen you along the way as well. 
And so can I just say this? We have four months left in 2023. Isn't that amazing? Four months left in 2023. If you haven't been reading the Word of God, this is one thing you can do, that if you read the New Testament, if you started in any one of the Gospels, and you read two chapters a day, right? Now, the Gospels probably have the longest chapters, because there's other books quite short, right? Uh, Some of those books we did in the short books, it's like one chapter, right? It's pretty short, like 15 verses, 16 verses. You read two chapters a day, and maybe if you read three chapters once a week, you'll read the whole New Testament before the end of the year. You can do that, right? The point is not that you finish reading the whole New Testament. The, The point is just getting God's Word. Read a chapter a day, I don't really care. But um, read something, get in God's word and, and learn what God is saying and try help to understand it. There's three things I do when I read the Bible. First is I wanna understand what it's saying, right? So wait, is it saying this or that? And I wanna read it carefully sometimes, right? Um, is who's the people, right? Who's the players, what's happening, right? So I wanna understand what it says so that I can take some time to think about what does it mean? And for some of you, there's little helps, and some of you guys have study Bibles, you have tools like that. Um, we'll, we'll probably do a thing about how to do devotions again um, in the future. But, and then this, but the third thing is I try to think about is how does this apply? What can I do differently as a result today, right? You know, one of the things I read this morning was in Ephesians, and it, it says that, that we were once by, in, in Ephesians chapter two, that we were by children of wrath, and that we were bound uh, in our flesh by, like, like all, as the sons of disobedience of the prince of the power of the air. And I read that, and it's like, you know what it's saying? There was a, there's a spiritual principality and power that deludes us to thinking I don't need to listen to God. And because of that, we, were, we lived apart from God. And so, you know, sometimes this is one of the things I, would, I had a takeaway, is that I'm praying for people. And sometimes they're, they're not just like rebellious people. There's a spiritual influence in their life. I, I wanna pray against that influence in your life, right? If you, see, if you know someone who's just rebellious, you know someone who's just kind of wants to do the opposite every time. Would you know that there's a spiritual influence in their life and you should pray against that influence in their life? Because it's not just them. They're not just rebellious, right? Some might be, but I don't know. But that's probably not the case. So it just, I just see stuff like that and I just, okay, I just write that down. And we'll talk about that kind of stuff maybe a little later. But here's the other part of it is talk to God. Talk to God. Bring yourself before Him. And thank Him for what He's done. Ask Him for what you need. Confess any sin that, that might have been in the way between, between you. And, and just praise Him for who He is. I, I like what it says in Psalm 91, 1-2. It says that those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. You know where it says shelter of the Most High? That word shelter comes from the Hebrew word 
satur, which means the hiding place, a secret place, the covered place. In other words, when you bring yourself before God, you find this secret place with God. Then he says this, what happens? This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God and I trust in him. And if you read this, it talks about later on the protection against um, uh, disease. It's protection against uh, a, a kind of uh, warfare and all these things. It talks about all the blessings that come after you hide, you put yourself in a secret time. When we say secret time, Jesus said, Go in your closet and pray. You guys ever remember that? What is it saying? It's just find personal time with God. You don't literally need to go into a closet. Find personal time with God. And, and he says this, I'll meet you in that place. Is it time to start again with Jesus? Right? Maybe start again with a personal time. And I, this is the last point is I said this, make space though to be part of the community. Make space to be part of the community. You know, the community of God has always kind of moved around from time to time, right? People move from one block to the next block. They move from one area to the next. And uh, unfortunately, there, we see also times when people have been carried from one nation into another nation. And this happens in the Old Testament. It happens uh, in the prophets. We see it in uh, some of the historical books uh, of the scriptures where God allows then their rebellion to take fruit. And he says, if you wanna serve other gods, then fine, I'll let you serve other gods. And so um, they get conquered by Babylon. And it says that as they're carried away into Babylon and the, there's great weeping and distress and it was great, it was a ter tremendous upheaval. Then God gives some promise in the middle of all that. In the middle of all that, this is what it says in verse three of Jeremiah 31. He says, long ago the Lord, re the Lord said to Israel, I have loved you. Let's just say that, I have loved you. That's what God says to you, I have loved you. Aren't you glad that God loves you? my people with an everlasting love. So God's love is not like fair weather love. It's not like I love you today and there's somebody else tomorrow, right? It's not like, um, you, know, I, you know, you were good today, but there's another model that came the next day. It's not like that. Says, I've loved you with an everlasting love. And with unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. And then he says this, I will rebuild you. I will rebuild you. You know what, I'll let you start again. My virgin Israel, you will again be happy. Just say the word again, again. again. You will again be happy. There's some people, maybe you've gone through a rough season, right? You've suffered some loss, you've suffered some grief, you've suffered some heartache. God says this, you'll again be happy. Why? Because, because I've loved you with an everlasting love. My love isn't fair weather. I'll build you, right? and you'll dance and merrily with your tambourines. And then in verse five, what does he say? Again, you will plant your vineyards on the mountains of Samaria and eat from your own gardens there. Now, what is it talking about? It's actually talking about the rebuilding of the nation, right? It's talking about the rebuilding of the nation. It's not just the rebuilding of individuals. What's the difference? 
unity, community, a sense of identity. You see, you and I, we were never meant to just kind of develop our spiritual life like just, it's just me and Jesus. There, the, the faith is personal, but it's not supposed to be private, right? It's, there's supposed to be a communal aspect to it. That's what we're sitting in the room, right? And, and if you're at home and you, you, you're at home for whatever the reason, but would you know it's not supposed to be just me and Jesus. There's something supposed to be communal. You cannot do the things Jesus told us to do that the New Testament tells us to do just by yourself. Pray for who? One another. Encourage who? One another. Bear whose burdens? One another's burden. You cannot do that by yourself, right? That we find an identity. Yes, you have your own identity, but there's a communal identity. And so um, you can't grow to be the person that God's called you to be all by yourself. You can't. You need other people. I needed other people who said, hey, you want to um, welcome people when they come? Uh, I sat in a Bible study, and then he, he said this, Glenn, would you like to start a Bible study? See, somebody believed in me when I couldn't believe in myself. Somebody encouraged me and saw potential in me when I didn't see it in myself. Somebody, I've been corrected. I've been encouraged. I've been comforted. But I couldn't do it all by myself. If I was all by myself, I don't think I would have lasted this long. One of the things that somebody told me a couple weeks ago when we were coming up to anniversary uh, and I've known him for a long time. I've known him for, uh, before we started the church. He's been in ministry. I've been in ministry. Uh, he's been in different places, in different roles. Um, but he said this. He said, you know what, man, he's just like, I'm really encouraged by you. And, and what was the reason? He said is because you're not cynical. You've been in the ministry for 24 years. You've pastored the same church for 24 years and you're not cynical. And I said, no, I'm not really. I, I love the church. I love the ministry. I believe God's doing something new. And then he just said, but we all know people where that's not the case. And you know, we didn't really kind of dwell on that, but yes, we all knew people that they kind of lost the joy, right? They, they lost the, you know, and when they say that stuff, and I said, that, hey, the ministry would be great if it wasn't for people, <laughs> you know, that kind of a thing. And they, but I'm grateful because I had people in my life that encouraged me. You and I, we need community for that. And so he says it like this. So what do we do? then to experience this community in second corinthians 8 5 he says it like this they even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to who to the lord and to us just as god wanted them to do in other words god wants you to give yourself to him and give yourself to other people it's it's not enough just to do one Right? We understand the f first and greatest commandment is what? 
to love the Lord your God with your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And so love God, but involve yourself in community. Give yourself to other people. Love other people. Turn to your neighbor and says, you can love God and love other people. Give yourself first to the Lord, but don't stop there, right? You don't have to say all that part, but I know you guys are talking. (laughs) There's different conversations once I tell people to say something sometimes. But we're going to ask you in the coming season, would you get involved in community? What does it mean? At least this. Be friendly. (laughs) Be friendly. I mean, here in this in this group probably most of us we know each other but um, to be honest sometimes what we see it on Sunday there's a bunch of new people that are coming be friendly smile at people talk to people right could you do that anybody can do that right that be friendly talk to somebody you know what else what's some other ways at the end of the service you can help us put away tables. Take five minutes, right? Take five minutes. This is what we, we've often said that, hey, at the end of this gathering, that for some of us, we get so busy. We used to get so busy. As soon as service is done, bang, we, we want to wrap up cords and we want to do all those things. But we would say, can you just take five minutes before you clean up, before you do all those things, just talk to people for five minutes. Go say hi to somebody, right? Go, go, go shake somebody's hand, go hug them, go, go tell them it's great to see you, go talk story, whatever, do, do that, you know. And then, let's do the other stuff. So, pray for our gatherings. That's one way that you can do that, right? Pray for, pray for our, our time. Ask for God's move in our time. Pray for the leaders, pray for the teams. Right? Jump in a rotation if possible in a team somewhere. Invite somebody. These are all ways that you can be part of a community. Right? And, and here's the thing. that to, to restart with Jesus and put on a learner and to be able to uh, make space for community and to be able to meet with God personally. Anybody can restart. Anybody can restart. I'll close with this story. Anna grew up in New York, um, one of 10 children. And uh, she grew up in a rural area in a farm. She left home at age 12 to to go to work, actually. She was hired on another farm nearby. And she later met and married uh, the love of her life. His name is Thomas. They moved to Virginia in the Shenandoah Valley and they began to have their own farm and then have their own kids right and they they had five kids but it wasn't only good times there they also had heartache there they they also lost a number of kids in infancy right um in the older days having children was kind of a difficult thing and later thomas and anna returned to new york state with the family and then she and her husband operated a farm uh, in Eagle Bridge, New York. And Anna was a crafty person and she would dabble in painting and 
created her first painting on a piece of fiberboard that she had left over in the, in the house. And she occasionally painted after that, but hey, the busyness of life and the kids and, you know, later on, grandkids kept creeping in and all that stuff got put in the back burner. And then later, she suffered the greatest loss in her later life was the death of Thomas, the love of her life. And she was in this place where she was so grieving that she, she just tried to stay busy to kind of keep grief away in reality. And so Anna, even though she never took any art lessons, you know what she did? She started painting again. And she just started to pick up painting and she just got better and better. She never had any training. She, she never took a class. There wasn't YouTube back then, right? And um, she just kept painting, getting better and better. In the mid-30s, Anna was in her 70s. But by then, she started devoting most of her time to painting. And then a big break came in 1938 that some of her works were hanging in a local store and an art collector was in town, saw them and bought all her art. And so Anna started to get known. And when she painted, she often painted from memory. She often painted from memory because she remembered the, the rural life and that, so that's what she often is painted, captivating scenes. Sometimes she would go out and paint, you know, other kinds of things. And she started to be more widely distributed, right? And she says this, that when I start painting and I get inspiration, sometimes I forget everything else except how things used to be and I paint that so people will know how we, how we lived. Anna passed away in 1961 at the age of 101. But she started painting really in her mid to late 70s, it was discovered in her 80s. So she had like 20 years where she had started something in her late years. She's probably more well known as, as the person that she was a mom and she was a grandma and so she was called Grandma Moses. And today, her paintings are in Chicago, uh, the Art Institute of Chicago, Metropo Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York, the Phillips Collection in Washington, D.C., and a ton of other institutions. A painting of hers today will go for over a million dollars. All because she started again. So is there some place today God is telling you, it's not too late to start again. Amen. Let's bow our heads. We'll close in a word of prayer. Father, we all get busy. We all get sidetracked in life. We all get pushed around by life from time to time. But Father, if we're thankful it's not too late to start again. In fact, sometimes it's so important that we do. Lord, to start again with you Lord, to start again to meet you personally. Lord, to start again and just be a learner all over again. Lord, we don't want to be critics. Lord, we want to be, we want to be helpers. 
Father, we want to we be learners. Father, that, to start again in a sense of community and just doing what we can. Because we can all greet people, we can all love people, we can all welcome people, we can all be friendly. Thank you, it's not a matter of personality. But Lord, just the living Jesus in us. And Father, sometimes it entails more, more concrete ways like a, a things that we can do in, in a ministry of some kind. But Lord, I thank you, everyone can be involved somehow in this new season. But Father, would you just remind us today, is there some place you want us to start again? Father, we're grateful you allow turnarounds. In fact, you made turnarounds. You created us for a turnaround. So we're going to walk in it. We're going to receive it. And we're going to believe it. In Jesus' name, God's people say, amen. Amen. If you've never had that turnaround yourself, would you just give yourself today to the Lord? He's waiting for you. He made you. I know what it's like. I never expected it, but it came. Would you just tell him, God, I need you today. Thank you for wanting me. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Would you come live inside me? Thank you for dying on the cross. I want to follow you today. I want to know you today. You say that to him in your own words. You know what? He'll hear you. Hey, God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us today. Have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in to the New Hope Kapolei Messages podcast. We hope you enjoyed this weekend's message and that it brought you inspiration and encouragement in your journey of faith. If you'd like to listen to more messages or stay connected with us, visit our website at newhopecapolei.org or follow us on social media. Remember, no matter where you are in life, there is always hope and a new beginning in Christ. So let's continue to grow and learn together as we pursue a life of purpose and impact. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. Aloha and God bless.